Welcome to Real Talk for Real Teachers. I'm Dr. Becky Bailey, the creator of Conscious Discipline, expert in child development, and a lifelong teacher and learner. For those listening who are not aware of Conscious Discipline, it is a relationship and brain-based program empowering others and us with the mindset and skill set to reach our highest goals. Our brain is a social brain. Now, what does that mean? That means all development occurs in the context of relationships. We know this. If you feel loved and loving, life works. If we feel separate and rejected or rejecting, life is complicated and hard. Often when people think of conscious discipline, it's perceived as a program just for teachers or schools. And certainly it is. And it is a program for parents and any adult who wants better relationships with colleagues, spouses, or family members. You know, I've always said that conscious discipline is better than happy hour. You know, in happy hour, you get two for one. And conscious discipline gives us many for one. We get to improve all our relationships with one program. And often, as a teacher, we get paid to attend that program. So happy hour, happy hour, happy hour. Now, conscious discipline teaches that all behavior is some form of communication. And the key to all healthy relationships is communication. So the outcome of conscious discipline is healthier relationships with yourself, with adults, your significant other, and with your children. Today, we will be talking with Kim Hughes, a master conscious discipline instructor. She's not going to be sharing how conscious discipline has impacted her as a teacher or renowned consulting sought after all over the country, but as a wife. Kim is going to share how conscious discipline has impacted her marriage of 36 years. But before we hear from Kim, it's important that we as a collective understand the difference between attention and connection. Now, if you're like me, you hear this phrase often, oh, he just wants attention, or she's just trying to get attention. And we've heard the phrase that follows that, just ignore her and it'll get better. Just ignore them and it'll go away. Well, if you think of this, if all behavior is some form of communication, nonverbal behavior, when my body is slouched down, I'm communicating something to you. When I grab something for your hands, I'm communicating. I don't know any other way to get it. All behavior is a form of communication. So have you ever been in a conversation with someone and they ignore you? Now, I'm sure you have. I've done it a lot. And it doesn't feel so good on either end of it, whether you're the ignore or the ignoree. It doesn't feel good. And yes, you might go away. Well, I'm tired of sitting here talking to someone who's not listening to me. But what really happens is you do go away. And in going away, the relationship disintegrates. It's not the behavior that goes away. It's the relationship itself that disappears. In fact, the motivation to behave comes about through the quality of our relationships. So conscious discipline seeks to help everyone who's willing to enhance the quality of their current relationships and hopefully their future ones. So as a child or as an adult, when we feel unheard or unseen, We trade in that connection that is the core of a relationship with attention. 
We trade in being open and honest with our communication to just seeking attention from others. Now, if you think of attention, of course, it comes in positive and negative form. But attention is way different than connection. Attention is what you do when you fall off overboard on a cruise ship. You know, you got to get somebody's attention or you're going to be, you know, out to sea all by yourself. So you scream and holler and do all kinds of things to get attention. That's what attention is about. It's a call for help. It's a screaming that people do that say, I am so scared of connection. I've been hurt so bad. I've been betrayed so many times. I can't bear the possibility of opening my heart again. So I'll trade all that in and I'll just try to get attention. I'll be perfect. I'll be pretty. I'll be the best or I'll be horrendous. I'll steal. I'll do whatever it takes to get attention. So attention is what you need when you fall overboard on a cruise ship. And connection is what you need when you stay on the cruise ship and have a dance with someone you care about. So it's important that we see other people and ourselves as offering attention. Certainly I'll ride to the store with you. Certainly I'll carry you to bowling. Certainly I'll have dinner with you. But that's real different than sitting at that dinner table, at that bowling alley, or in that car clearing your mind and being present and open and honest with the person you're with. Attention actually is a behavioral call that says, I need connection, but I'm scared. Connection requires presence and consciousness. Now, let's see how that fits into Kim Hughes's story about her marriage of 36 years and how it has changed over time and how at some point she decided it was time to rebuild the connection with her husband. So Kim, it's all in your hands now, and we certainly appreciate you opening your heart and your home to share with us information that I know will help me and others. So welcome, Kim, to Real Talk for Real Teachers. Thanks so much, Becky, for having me here and for allowing me to share the good news of Conscious Discipline and how it has impacted the health of my marriage. So Scotty and I have been married for over 36 years, and we, like many, have had a marriage that has been filled with super high highs and super low lows. You know, some people will call it the roller coaster of marriage, and we have certainly weathered the storm of the most challenging moments and been delighted in the... uh, joy that marriage can bring to one's soul and to all that they do. But it takes work. It takes a lot of work and it takes willingness and it takes commitment. And I realized that in our 36 years of marriage, most of that time we have also been parents and I had invested huge energy in the relationship with our children, but not so much in a relationship with my husband. And one day, I remember waking up and looking over at my husband as he was sleeping, and I thought, who is this man? Our youngest had left to go to college, and she'd been gone a couple weeks, and I was missing her and our relationship desperately. And as I looked at Scott sleeping, I realized that I just didn't know who he was because our entire marriage, once we had kids, had been about our kids. We didn't have date nights. We didn't make time for just each other. And when we had a chance to connect, it was always about something 
concerning our children or somebody in our family. And in that moment, I thought, you know what? I want something more. I have invested a huge amount of my life in this person and I want to fall back in love with him. I've always loved him. But when I so passionately gave to our children, I quite honestly wasn't as connected to him as I really should have been. So first of all, conscious discipline helped me realize that the only person I could change is myself. And as much as I wanted Scott to change and I wanted us to have these rich, wonderful conversations and go for walks and be able to share our dreams and our stories and laughter, it wasn't happening. And I realized that I could make some tweaks and changes and at least give it a try. So in that moment, I decided I'm going to take what I know about connection and I'm going to take what I know about building healthy relationships and how the motivation to change comes in the quality of a relationship. And I was going to really commit to being more present and connected with my husband. So I got my first opportunity later that afternoon. It was, I just gotten home from school and I went upstairs to my computer to work on some lesson plans. And I'd probably been there for about, mm, maybe about 10, 15 minutes. All of a sudden, I hear my husband um, at my office door. And he just kind of looked at me. And I was in a swivel chair. And I turned. And I looked at him. And I gave him a smile. And I said, what's up? Now, he was incredibly surprised and flabbergasted, and his eyes got huge because usually when he comes to the door, I keep on working, and I'm looking at the computer screen and rarely looking at him. So he said to me, what's wrong? And I said, nothing's wrong. You're more important to me than this computer. And he said, since when? And I said, since right now. Starting right now, starting today, I am going to be committed to being more present when you want to have a conversation. And he kind of laughs and he's like, okay. And so I said, so what's up? And he said, well, I just got a call and I'm going to referee for a soccer game tonight. So I'm not going to be able to be home for dinner. I said, okay, no problem. I'll just make sure that I, whatever I make, you can heat up when you get home. And he said, okay. And I said, so how's work going? And he said, it's okay, kind of a busy day. We had this one issue and he goes on to tell me about the issue. And then I told him a funny story that um, happened at school that day. And so we kind of shared a, a few seconds of laughter. And then he said, okay, well, I'm gonna go back to work. And I said, okay. And he turns around and he leaves. And then his head pops back into the doorway. And he looked at me and he said, you know, I don't know what just happened, but I know that I really liked it. And I said, me too. And in that moment, I knew that my commitment to be more present had had an impact. You see, in conscious discipline, what we learn is that there are four essential ingredients, if you will, uh, that really help to solidify and enhance any kind of relationship or connection, if you will. 
And those are the four components of eye contact, of touch, of presence, and of playfulness. So I started thinking when I knew that I had to start changing and really working on my relationship with my husband, let's start with presence, but let's also start with eye contact, emotional touch in a playful situation. So let's think back to the story I just told you. Taking my chair and physically turning so I had eye-to-eye contact with my husband was incredibly powerful for him. Clearly, I could see that through his body language and um, through his response later on. Because I was present and because he knew that he had my attention 100%, he was emotionally touched and he continued on with sharing even more information about his day. And then I shared information about a funny story at school. So it turned into a playful situation. All of that was solidified as he peeked back through the door jam and said, I don't know what just happened here, but I really, really liked it. So it was one of those powerful moments. From there, I kept on looking for opportunities to really take those four components, those ingredients, if you will, for healthy relationships and infusing them everywhere through our marriage. Instead of focusing on what he didn't do, I started celebrating his helpfulness and being really clear and describing what kinds of things he was doing to be helpful to me throughout the house. So if I had a PTA meeting at school and I came in late and he had dinner ready for me, I would make sure that I noticed and described the fact that he had gone the extra mile and let him know how much I really appreciated it. When he would get the dishes done, I would say, wow, look at that, the dishes are done so I don't have to do them. So incredibly helpful. So now I can actually sit down and catch my breath. The more that I noticed and celebrated the positive things that he did and the actions that he brought to our relationship, the more that he began to give. So he would make coffee in the morning and he began to carry my coffee and my bag out to the car so that I didn't have to take more than one trip between my transition between home and school. He started to take the time to go the extra mile and if he was going to go to the grocery store, he would actually call me at school and see if there's anything that he could pick up so I didn't have to stop at the grocery on the way home. So what I focused on, I got more of because I focused on helpfulness, I focused on kindness, I focused on us being a team, I focused on my appreciation. And with that, I just had more and more opportunities to be able to showcase an attitude of gratitude. I remember Years ago, um, one Saturday when I came back home with a carload full of groceries and my husband was watching golf. And I said to him, hey babe, I have a ton of groceries. Are you willing to help me bring them in? And he said, absolutely, no problem. And so I went back out to get another load of groceries. I come in, he's still sitting watching golf. I said, are you going to help me with the groceries? He said, yep, I'm coming. 
So went back out again, brought in another load of groceries, and he's still sitting there. By this time, I started getting very emotional. And I just started mumbling under my breath. Do I have to do everything around here? What does he think? I'm his maid. Are you kidding me? I've had enough of this. And so then I started slamming cabinets, stamping on the floor, trying to get his attention, which of course I didn't. So I finished bringing the groceries in and he pops up from his chair and he said, hey, listen, I told you I was going to help you with that. And I just looked at him, rolled my eyes and I said, like, when? Fast forward to our new relationship and something similar happened a few weeks ago um, where I'd gone to Walmart and I'm not a big fan of Walmart. I like totally want to like Walmart because it's closer to my house, but every time it seems that I go to Walmart. As soon as I get in line to pay, nobody is there. Everybody seems to be on break. And it's just never a very positive experience for me. But I had made the decision to go to Walmart to get something for our house. And I also needed to get some groceries. So... Trends and patterns, my friends. Uh, I wait in line, and unfortunately, the cashier was having some technical problems with the cash register, so she asked me to go to another line, which was long, and I had to wait. And so by the time I finally got home with the groceries and the other supplies that I had picked up, I was in less than a pleasurable mood. And so I walk in and Scott knows enough about me now and conscious discipline that once again, he's watching golf. But as soon as I walked in, he said, hey, what's going on? And I said, oh, I had one of those Alexander days at Walmart. Terrible, horrible, no good, very bad days at Walmart. And he's like, hey, do you need a help? A help in hand? I said, that'd be great. And he said, let me just finish watching this play and then I'll come out and help you with the groceries. I said, okay, cool. So I go out to get the groceries. Come in again. He's still sitting there. I said, are you going to help with the groceries? Yep, I'll be right there. As you can imagine, I'm thinking, oh my goodness, history is going to repeat itself. And finally he popped up and he said, hey, listen, the golf match can wait. Let me give you a help and bring those groceries in. So he came in, we put the groceries away, he hit, you know, he sat down and, and finished watching the, mat, the match, and when it was all done at dinner that night, I said, hey, listen, can we talk about the groceries? And he's like, yeah, sure. I said, listen, if when I ask you for help, if it's not a good time, you can just say to me, I'm right in the middle of a match, um, can you give me a couple minutes? And that would be a lot easier for me to hear than I'm going to be right there. And he's like, okay, I'm sorry. Just got kind of caught up in the match and things. There was an exciting play. And I said to him, you know, there's something called a pause button on the remote so that you can stop and you can come back and you can watch it later. And he looks at me and he goes, you know what? You're right. I actually forgot all about that. Yeah, yeah, that's a great idea. So fast forward to last week. So I went to grocery shopping again, not to Walmart, but to my local grocery. And as I walked in, he said, hey, you need to help with the groceries? I said, I do. And he said, putting the TV on pause 
so I can come out and help you right now. Comes up into the kitchen, goes, hey, why don't you just put these away and I'll go get the groceries and we can do this together. And I thought, wow, things have really changed around here. Because the old me just would get angry and I would hold a grudge and I wouldn't talk to him about it. But once I really started internalizing and practicing conscious discipline, what I realized is that that power of unity, that idea that together we're better and we're all in this together, it really comes to life when you give your partner a chance to really have problem-solving conversations. It also really helps them want to have those conversations when your marriage is strong and they realize that there's going to be moments that they're going to come to you and ask for your help and support. You know, I was going to the airport just yesterday, and so my husband ended up getting up at 4 o'clock in the morning with me to take me to the airport because he was like, hey, there's no reason that you have to leave a car parked at the parking uh, park and ride for two weeks. So let me just get up and give you a ride. So as we were driving in, I was telling him that I was going to be doing this podcast. And I said to him, have you noticed a change in me in terms of our marriage since I started practicing conscious discipline? And he took a deep breath and he kind of uttered a long sigh and he said, well, yeah. He said, I've noticed a big change. He said, you are so much more calm and you don't just jump the gun on everything. You give me time. You're able to ask for clarification and reflect back on what you thought you heard me say to make sure that you really got the message. I also appreciate that instead of yelling at me when I don't answer a question that you have, that you come closer to me, that you try to look at me, that you really try to engage me in the process of conversation. And that is something I've really noticed. It's funny because when Scotty and I first met, he gave me a little nickname of Kilzer. And that nickname was because I had such a bad temper that when I would explode like a volcano, he said there was such a degree of intensity that it was almost like I was going to kill something. And then he would laugh. And so his pet name for me has been Kilzer for years and years. A couple of years ago, our daughter had a friend that joined us at the beach. And my husband said, hey, Kilzer, will you come in and help me with something? And so I left the room and I went in to help him. And our daughter's friend looks at Lauren and said, what did your dad just call your mom? She said, oh, that's his pet name for her. It's Kilzer. And her girlfriend said, that's a terrible name. And Lauren said, yeah, I know, but I guess she had a really bad temper when they first met. And her friend said, your mom? Your mom had a temper? And Lauren goes, yeah, I guess. And she said, do you remember a temper when you were little kids? And Lauren goes, no, I don't remember it so much then. But she would get mad and she would leave the room and then she would come back and we would talk about things. But my dad says that he probably shouldn't call her Kilzer anymore because conscious discipline has really helped her 
to be able to take some deep breaths and calm down so that she can respond instead of react. And so I think that really goes to show that because I'm able to respond, tap into my executive state, I'm able to be a person that is much easier to be around. Um, on our car ride yesterday, my husband also said to me, and I bet you've noticed that conscious discipline has really helped me out too, haven't you? And I said, I have, but how do you think it has impacted you? And he said, well, have you noticed that I actually listen um, when you complain about work? He said, remember when you used to talk about work, I would just say, get a new job. And now you told me there's times that I just want you to understand and listen and not give me any information. So when you're in that blue, that emotional state, then I know that you just need me to listen and to understand where you're coming from. He said, if other times you're in your executive state, then I know that I can offer you information because you're ready to move forward. He said, I guess I've really gotten good at practicing empathy, huh? And you know, I looked at him and I laughed and I said, yeah, you've come a long way because now he can really practice a skill of empathy because he's internalized the power of acceptance. He realizes that I am who I am and that I'm really working hard to be the best person I can be, but I'm a human being and I'm going to have those moments. He grants me the luxury to be able to be the person that I am, but the person I want to become. And when I have those oops moments, he allows me to go back and reflect and try to do it again. I am really excited about what the future holds for us. He's the man that I've fallen back in love with. He's the man that I want to grow old with. He's the man who literally allows me to laugh out loud because his dry sense of humor is a regular part of our relationship now. It's the rare gift that keeps on giving. And I think there's no better testimony to how conscious discipline has impacted our marriage than a conversation that I heard my children having when they were both home at Christmas. You know, it's funny when your adult children get quiet, you wonder what they're doing when they're not in the room as much as when they're little kids. And so is one of those times that both kids were gone and Scotty and I were like, where are the kids? And we're looking around and they weren't. I said, well, I have to run upstairs. Let me see if they're up there. And as I walked upstairs, I could hear them having a conversation about our relationship. And Lauren said to Justin, wow, have you noticed mom and dad? And Justin said, yeah, wow, things are really good between them. And Lauren said, they're so in love. And Justin said, isn't that what we want for our parents as they get older? And Lauren said, I do. It's exactly what I want for them. But I'm also a little envious because Justin, you know how mom looks at dad now and they catch eyes and they laugh out loud like they have their own little private joke between them. Justin said, yeah, yeah, I know exactly what you're saying. She looked at Justin and she said, you know what? Just that used to be mom and me. And now we don't have that as much. She now has that with dad. And Justin said, but that's what we want, Lolo. They're the ones that are living together, sharing every moment. You're in Nashville. I'm in Omaha. We want our mom and dad to have that healthy kind of relationship, the kind of relationship that we know that marriage can be, that you have those moments where you 
wonder and question, but more of the time now they have those moments, those high points. Yeah, mom and dad have been on the roller coaster called marriage, but we've gotten a chance to see them at their very best. And so now we both know what a healthy marriage really can look like. So as I think back on what I have shared with all of you today, I'm reminded about how those essential components, those ingredients, you will, of eye contact, touch, presence, and, and playfulness have really contributed to the health of my marriage. I remember that um, I've really invested in having a brain smart start each and every day where I have an activity to unite and disengage stress. And the connection piece is a chance for me to be with my husband, to be able to talk about what our day is going to bring so we can both set some commitments, but also to really tune in to noticing and describing ways that he has been helpful and kind and respectful and letting him know what kind of impact that has had on me. I really have learned that what I focus on, I get more of. And when I focus on what I want him to do that has been helpful, I get more of those moments. I realize that conscious discipline has not only impacted me and my marriage and the way I am in any relationship, but my husband also has an attitude of gratitude and he lifts up huge uh, Thanks to Dr. Bailey for helping him to be able to help me through the skill of empathy, um, really being there for me, and really being able now to tell the difference where I am in my brain states. So am I seeking understanding or do I really want some information? And that has also strengthened our marriage. And I also have to tell you that there are moments when I hear him, when he's on a conference call, and he is able to really tap into the skill of empathy and say, wow, you seem really concerned. This is hard for you. Let's step back for a minute and let's consider some other possibilities. That's not language that my husband ever used before conscious discipline. So yes, conscious discipline has impacted me because I've realized that I had to be the change to see the change. But now that I've sought the change, I've not only seen myself change, but I've seen my husband change because he's been inspired. And with that inspiration, we are the best that we can be. So I hope that this has been helpful for folks. And I just want you to know that be kind to yourself every step of the way. There might be some steps backwards in order to go forwards, but know that from my heart to yours, I wish you well. And I thank you so much, Becky, for this opportunity to be able to share with your listeners the beauty that Conscious Discipline has brought to the marital life of Scott and Kim Hughes. So what is Becky up to now? Well, once again, I'm back at my, let's slow down some, Becky, and see if we can't get well. Now, the other day, this really crossed my mind. I'm riding to the store, and my mind is rushing that seems urgent that I get to the store. I mean, I'm all hyped up riding to the store, like I've got to get there quick, and when I get there, I've got to do this quick, and then I've got to come home quick because I have this and this and this to do. And somehow in my mind, it, it dawned on me that I feel like I go faster if I feel hyped up and urgent on the inside, that I'm going to get things done quicker. 
So I actually measured my time going to the store in a hyped up stage. And then on the way home, I slowed down my breathing. I slowed down my thinking. I relaxed. I tried to sing a couple songs on the radio. And, you know, for me, that's a big challenge. But I gave it a chance. I just relaxed and drove home. And you know what? It was the same amount of time and the same amount of distance. So that's my goal. I'm not going to get there any faster by rushing adrenaline through my system. And I'm going to slow down and get there at the same amount of time and get more done. So that's my newest commitment for myself. And in doing so, uh, I'm going to shake this cold and all these other things that are caused by me staying in a hyped up stress state. So that's what I'm up to. Now, what are some celebrations? I've got some exciting news, and this could be possibly giant size exciting news, but it came from my visit with Yale and the Yale China uh, Initiative, and also from the last meeting I had at the National Association for Education of Young Children with another uh, group from China. So here's what we have. Here's our potential after those meetings for 2019. We have the potential to work with 50,000 schools in China and over 1.5 million educators in China. This opportunity with China on the other side of the world gets us to live our truth, grow into our truth, expand our truth, that we are all in this together. So I think that's very exciting, and we'll see what comes about of it. Uh, We might not reach that full potential, but we are going to work hard to become pretty daggone close to it. In the meantime, and until next time, as always, I wish you well. For more episodes of Real Talk with Real Teachers by Dr. Becky Bailey, visit ConsciousDiscipline.com forward slash podcasts. You can also subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast app.